we're at the courthouse and she's lying to people. I guess hurt people really hurt people. So because I made her mad, I don't deserve to keep you. I guess compared to mom, I'm not considered equal. Because I'm only your dad, I love you less than she do. So my right to see you was in the hands of people I don't even know and don't even speak to. Paying some lawyer when my fucking rent's due. Look to the sky with these tears in my eyes. I pray to God that he can fix these issues. Maybe calm my mental. But to you, I promise I will do whatever I need to. And if I still lose, just know I'm always with you. Welcome to a new episode of The Struggle is Real with your boy Bakari. Thanks for checking us out. It's been six months since I started. Six, seven months, something like that. And you would think like, well, have things calmed down, probably chilled out. Nope. It's actually harder to make these because (laughs) real life is so crazy at that. Like, it's hard to keep up because I'm always going through something, another struggle, another fight, another something, which Leads me to my next point or topic in this episode. Like, do you ever get tired? Are you, how how is she not tired? Does she not ever want a normal life with a normal existence? Like, how long do you want to do this? Forever? Like, so this is just the life that you want to have forever? And when you're so blessed and so happy and so lucky, it's hard to keep up with all the negative like it's hard for me to always be like okay what's the next negative thing let me go push at the negative thing let me go fight the negative things like it's hard for me to keep hatred because I feel like you know God's always blessing me and my family and you know my wife and we're just doing so well but it seems like every step we take forward every like I even stopped or try to stop being seen, like, okay, well, I'm going I'm to stay out of the way. I don't want her to see me. I don't want her to know how I'm doing. The least amount of information, the better, because it seemed like every time we took a step forward in our lives together, my wife and I, she came in with something extra bad to try to pull us back. So I stopped doing that. I stopped saying anything, stopped thinking about this person, just like, okay, no one's just innately evil, right? Like, no one's just innately inside of them just a bad person who wants to see someone miserable like it's it's impossible right can't be a thing wrong like literally wrong now i know you've probably heard a lot of of talk about guys or girls who talk about their exes and and parents or whoever in their life that's doing them wrong and it's like oh it's two sides to every story i can assure you there's only one side to this story this side there's like no reason, no reason at all for us to still have any issues. I've cut out literally everything you can possibly have an issue with. I do not talk to you. I do not talk about you. I don't think about you. There are no feelings there. So all the reasons that, you know, you can say couples have beef, like uh, feelings, like, oh, well, they obviously still have feelings for each other. I don't have that at all. Zero. Oh, uh, well, one hates the other. I don't have that. I don't feel anything. I don't think about you. Don't don't miss you. Don't want to talk to you. Don't do anything. Okay, well, one's jealous or whatever. 
I cut out even being seen. Like, I don't go to the door when my kids are picked up. I let them answer it. I let them do everything they need to do, and then they go. I, I stay away to make sure I don't say anything. There's no looks. There's no reason. I haven't gone to the door maybe in, like, five months. So, you okay, well, maybe a couple months it takes her to see that I'm not doing that and that she can chill. Nope. Five months, still the same thing. So I can't think of a reason why a person would just be this evil. And I'm going to stop saying like bitter or bad or no, this is pure evil to me. Like if this isn't evil, what is? Like I can't think of another way that you can hurt someone more, you know? Like, hey, I'm going to try to hurt this person. Well, me personally, if 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 you let's say you were gonna like physically hurt me, I would rather you physically hurt me than physically hurt my kids. If mentally hurt me, I would rather you mentally hurt me. I would rather you do anything to me than to my kids. So the type of person you would have to be to drag your kids into something for your own personal sake is crazy. And that's where I think we are. And that's where I think. I have come to the conclusion that, no, there is no more, okay, bitter or sad or whatever. No, this person's just pure evil. Because there's no reason. No reason at all. I can't, I can't figure it out. Like, how are you not tired? It's been five plus years. Five plus years. And now you can tell a normal person, because I think about my wife in this situation. Like my wife comes into this situation, she meets these two girls and she meets me and she falls in love and she's great. Like when I say she's a great mom, I really mean great mom, attentive, patient, understanding. She always makes time. She's just a great mom. And she's been that way forever. She does not act the way my kid's mom acts. She doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't hate her. She doesn't think about her. It doesn't cross her mind. Well, except when we have to, because the kid's saying something crazy like, oh, she's the devil because she's white or something like that. But other than saying some stuff like that, she she never crosses our mind. We're busy, you know, working on our business or saving money, getting out of debt, clearing up space, thinking about school. In the in the last two years, in the last three years, I would say, yeah, three years, I finished my master's. My wife finished her master's. We both started new jobs. We, we both started businesses of our own. We've done all these things. Just keeping our lives occupied, our time, our minds. We just do not have the time or the patience to care, to want to beef with anybody. We don't. But there's always this person in our background, this person in our rearview mirror, chasing us with a level of hate and, and, and anger that just keeps popping up in our lives. That's the one downside to me for, for my wife. I, I always, you know, I love my wife and she's my best friend and my favorite person in the world. And I feel like I, I owe, you know, who I am right now to her. Like she really changed my perception on life my perception on marriage, my perception on love, my perception on myself and who I thought I was. Like without her, I, I was lost. So I all I always give thanks to her and, I, and I'll never take her for granted because I know all the stuff she did for me mentally, physically, everything. She's just been like my rock to help me through this. But I have to go through this. You know, these are my kids. 
We love them. You know, all this stuff. And she came in and with, with no prior kids, not knowing what it was, it seemed like it would be decent at first. So, you know, she's thinking like, okay, well, it was kids, but it'll be pretty cool. And instantly just thrown in her turmoil. Imagine you meeting these kids at four and five years old or five, five, I think five years old. And you're with them for half their life. Like you love them, you take them to school, you pick them up, you feed them, you bathe them, you make sure they have everything they need day in and day out. And you're just, you know, you fall in love with the, the how could you not? They're, they're beautiful, smart, funny kids. And they're full of life and they're so nice and polite and respectful. And they, they attach to you instantly, almost instantly. They're like, you know what? You're great. And I want you to be around. And they want to go with her all the time. Sometimes we were places in separate cars. They're, oh, we're going with Julia. And just imagine that. You, you in that situation. Of course you're going to love those kids. Of course you are. Anybody with a heart is. But then now also imagine that the kid's mom is bitter and angry at your happiness and your success, even though you don't even know this person. And then she just, she, she picks up the kids from school before you get there. And she takes them out and she starts telling them things like, she's the devil and she can't love you and she'll never like you and she'll never be your mom. And she's in literal words, I'm not making this up, literal words. And then she drops the kids back off at school and then you have to go up there and pick them up and now they're crying and, and you don't know. You're like, whoa, what happened? And you're just dealing with that. And then it goes on for months and months and months. And these people like planting these things in these kids' head. And you're trying your best to understand where they're coming from, but you have no idea what's happening. And then all of a sudden, the same kids are like different now. They don't say, I love you now. They're, they're colder now. They feel like you don't love them now. Like you don't like them. Like you're the devil because their mom told them, literally told them you're the devil and that you don't care about them and that you, and that you hurt her. So these kids are thinking they're traitors if they like you because your mom said that you hurt her. And now you have to deal with this. That's crazy. It's hard for me, but I know it's extremely hard for my wife. And I just think like all this doing the right thing and being the bigger person and all of this stuff has gotten us nowhere. I mean, on one end, we're really blessed in life. I'm not going to say we're not. We really are. Almost everything we try to do usually works out for us. So I guess in that point, doing the right things, you know, keeping our our focus on what we need to focus on has really put us in position to do a lot of things, you know, financially and business-wise and just with our homes and, and things like that. But doing the right thing in this situation never works out well. And I have this theory. I have this theory. Okay, so they go to church a lot. But the thing, the thing about church to me is that I, I know a lot of bad people who go to church or who went to church or who's very religious. 
and that turns me off to church. Like it, it really does. I mean, if these people are learning nothing in church, if these people, if, if you're not going to talk to these people and change these people, if, if, if the same bad person who I've seen, and I don't mean just bad, I mean like evil person has been going to the same church for years. Why would I then want to go to that church? Like, I don't understand it. So what is the point? If the point isn't to make you a better person, if the person, if the point isn't to make you a decent person, then what is your purpose for going to church? These people who go to church all the time and then are just blatantly evil throughout everyday life. You're hurting kids and doing awful things to people you don't really know or have a reason to talk to. Then what is your point for going to church? And then what what is the point of church? For Then what is church going to do to me? It didn't change their heart. It didn't change the way they think. It didn't change the way they did anything. You're just still the same awful people. So I sit here and I'm, I'm thinking like, man, this, the hypocrites in church to me, and, and not saying all people are, of course not, not all people. My mom, my grandma, my aunties, I grew up in the church, all those things. And, and I, I had a lot of great family members who went there and used it for spiritual guidance and to do great things <clears throat> and to renew their faith and their strength and all that stuff. And that's great. But the thing the people who need it, who go, I feel like if you're a bad person, you go to church, you're a bad person, period. It doesn't help them. So, What is the point? But my theory with that is you can always tell who, I, I, I don't know how to put this in the, in the words. Like you can always tell who the real, like, I'll give you an analogy. The person who comes up to you says what they want says what they want to do and gives you the choice of whether you want to accept it or not, I don't think, no matter what this guy is telling you, is a bad person to me. Oh, he could be a bad person if he tells you to do something crazy or something like that if he does it himself. But all in all, he could just be a bad person. But the reason the devil is so successful is because you never see him coming. Like, I think the devil, if he just came to you and was like, hey, I'm the devil, and introduced himself that way, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be able to get you to do anything. Because you know the devil. You know what he does. You know how he acts. You know how he moves. He's probably lying to you. He's probably deceiving you. He wants something that's probably going to hurt you. You know that. So you probably wouldn't react to doing anything, no matter how good it sounds. Hey, I got a million dollars for you. Just come here. No, you're not going to go. He just introduced himself. He's the devil. He's literally Lucifer. But the good person or the person who's telling you whatever, the person who is is pretending, I should say, not the good person, but the person who's pretending, those are the ones that you tend to follow, that you tend to get caught, that, that tends to catch you up. And that's the thing I see here. It's like me talking to my kids has to be totally different than my kid's mom talking to my kids. Because I'm only saying things from my heart when I'm talking to my kids. I'm never saying things out of anger. I'm never saying things out of, I, I wanna hurt someone else through you. I can't talk to them like that. So I think it's harder for me to reach them sometimes when it comes to certain things because 
you know, I, I, I preference a lot of things I say, like, well, you know, I'm not here to talk about your mom, or I don't want to talk about your mom, or I don't, I'm not trying to be mean to your mom, or, you know, you have to listen to your, your mom when you're over there. And if I'm saying you have to listen to your mom when you're over there, but she's saying, don't listen to him, only listen to me, then we're both reiterating what she's saying. That's the problem that I have with that. That's the problem that I have with being the good person or doing the right thing. Like most of the time, I can tell who's the good person in court battles and custody and all that stuff by who's losing. Like honestly, you easily you can easily tell because it's so much easier to be the bad person, it seems like, for some reason. It's it seems like if if you're over there pulling and pulling and the other parents pulling and pulling and you're ripping the kid apart, the parent who cares about the kids the most will let go. Whoa, whoa. Because rather than hurt your kid, you'll let go. You're like, oh, okay, I can't do that. But a parent who's bad and who doesn't care and who's out for themselves, they won't. They can't. Because they're, they're, they see and want what's in them more than they care about what's best for the kid. It's like I can't see past my hatred, past my anger to look at what's best for this kid. I can't. I literally can't do it. And those are the parents who usually get by that I see in court. And and that's what's awful to me. And I, I never understood why. Like, why? And and I lose all hope and all faith in the system. You know, you're paying thousands of dollars over and over again. And a lot of people just say, wait till they're older, they'll see it and all this stuff. But why? Why do you have to wait till they're older? But all in all, I just think that the bad people in here wins a lot because they have a leg up. There's some levels that I'll use myself for an example. There are some levels that I will not stoop to at all. One is bringing my kids into anything. I don't want to do that. It would it'd be helpful. It, I, can, I can think of a couple ways that I could just bring my kids into it and then we'll be good. Like, I don't know, try to manipulate them. Show, show them videos and give them books where it says that, watch a bunch of dad movies and, and tell them, show them ways that everything that's going on over there is bad. Try to manipulate them. Tell them. Don't tell them exactly, but tell them in ways that they'll understand later, like subliminally put it into their heads. There's a bunch of things you can do to turn your kid against the other parent. Air all their dirty laundry. Tell them things they said about them when they were little. Like, I don't know, all kind of stuff. By the way, all the stuff I'm naming is stuff that my ex did to me all the time. So there's a bunch of things like that you could do. I choose not to. I'm like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to do anything more than just raise my kid. That's it. I don't want to talk about her. I don't want to talk about anything. I would love to just come on this podcast and talk about how great my kids are and how great my kid's mom is and, and how we work co-parenting. I would love a podcast like that. And I've tried literally every single thing. I've I've tried being nice for years. I've tried uh, like stepping back and not doing anything. I've tried the court route, uh, literally everything. And I've tried not saying anything. I've tried staying away. I've, tr- I've, I've tried not talking to my kids at all about anything that's going on, just keeping them in the dark. But then they start getting other information from her 
and they don't hear you. It's like, oh, well, you didn't say that you didn't do it. I'm like, what? So it's a thing. And my only question is like, how are you not tired? Like, do you forever for the, every time I pop up, there's going to be a camera hiding in the corner of the window to, to record everything I do for the rest of your life. Like you're not tired. Like every time I come over there, you can try to provoke me and then record, record a reaction. Why are you still doing that? Like I've been married for two years now. I've been with my wife for almost five years now. I don't even understand how it's a thought. But it is. I don't know. I would love feedback on this. Because nothing I am saying, not a single thing I am saying, is an exaggeration or a non-truth. Everything I'm saying is a complete fact. And it's, it's, it's just mind-boggling to me. Like, what? And it, I'm so tired. It's so tiring. And every day, like, the saddest thing is that every day I have to send my kids back and or every at the end of every week, I have to send my kids back and with it with a disclaimer, hey, you're gonna hear a lot of negative stuff about your dad, but remember what I told you. You know, don't let people change the way you feel about your dad. Like if you think I'm nice and you think I'm loving and you know that I take care of you and I'm really good to you, then don't let someone tell you. That, you know, I'm the devil or I'm awful or I'm anything like that. Like, that's the saddest thing in the world to me that I even have to think about saying that. Okay, you're going to hear, you got to be really brave because you're going to hear a lot of people saying a lot of bad things about your dad. Like, imagine, imagine you loving your dad and knowing that he's a great person and knowing that he's been there for you your whole life and always the great things and all this stuff. And then you have to go back somewhere. Where literally everybody is constantly attacking him to you, trying to get you to feel a different way. That, to me, is a sad existence. And that's an existence that my kids don't have over here. They come over here, they're kids. We do stuff, we go places, we hang out. I hardly ever even talk about what they do over there. Nothing. It never crosses my mind. I don't care. As long as they're safe and as long as they don't tell me anything dangerous, I do not care. By the way, I wouldn't care if something dangerous happened and she told me. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, that's something you should bring to me. But it can't be, you know, dumb things that don't make any sense just because you want to talk to me. And I always wonder, like, do you have any family, any friends, any anybody who will tell you, like, yo, leave that dude alone? Like, I promise you, if one of my friends was doing this, I would tell them instantly. I, t I have a, a couple friends, a couple female friends with kids and, you know, doing the co-parenting thing. And whenever something's crazy, I tell them, like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yo, that's not, that's not the best way to go about it. Like, I've been in that situation before. I know how you feel. You don't got no friends, nobody to tell you, like, you're being an awful person. Leave those kids alone. Let them enjoy time with their dad. You don't have nobody to tell you that? 
And that's sad to me. And I know, I know, I know she doesn't actually, because even when we were together, like no one ever said anything to anyone about anything. No one ever said like anything that could be construed as negative to anyone. Cause they've had a bunch of situations in her family where I'm just like, that's crazy. That's crazy. If that was me, I would say this, or I would probably tell them just for their own benefit, but that's not what they do. So these things will go off and they'll just, you know, pamper each other and tell everything's everything great, but still like not a friend, nobody. But I don't know. I don't know. And it's the hardest thing to think about and the hardest thing to do is to navigate through pure evil all the time. And I'm going to call it pure evil because that's what I think it is. It is nothing else. Because anybody who will use kids like, oh, I can't hurt him. He's not thinking about me. He's he's not worried about me. He doesn't care if I'm married or if I'm happy or if I got a boyfriend or like, oh, but he cares about these kids, though. He cares about these kids. I got him as long as he cares about these kids. I got him. And that is a, is a is a truth that's so hard for so many people to bear. And I'm not saying, oh, well, because I know I always get this. Well, some guys are bad parents or some guys are, are horrible baby daddies. Too. I'm not saying everyone is in this situation. Everyone who keeps their kids away aren't bad. I mean, I honestly believe you should be doing everything in your power not to do that. You know, keep him away from drugs. If he's doing drugs over there or she's doing drugs over there, keep him away. Uh, if if they're, you know, dangerous, got villains over there, keep him away. And the crazy part about my kid's mom is that's not her thing. Like, she never protects our kids to me. I'm like, Jesus. So many things. Like, you know, you, you put your kids in bed with a boy older than them. Why would you, who they don't know, why would you do that? And that's another reason why I feel like Kids need dads because there are certain things that dads just won't do. Like, it would never, ever even be a thought in my mind to put my eight-year-old daughter in the bed with a 10-year-old boy and just leave. One, because I was a 10-year-old boy and I had a lot of 10-year-old boyfriends who were super fast and thought they knew everything. Two, my daughter does not know this kid. Why is that? I don't even understand. Like, it, it just, it boggles my mind. That's why I bring this up. Like, how? What were you thinking? Just, were, like, I, were you that horny? It was just like, yo, I need some. You guys are going to have to stand here while I go do this. And then stay in there for 14 hours? Like, with no parental supervision? That that is crazy to me. There is nothing, nothing that she'll be able to say to me to make me feel like, oh yeah, you know, she's she really cares. She's really great. And even after they found out that the kid sexually assaulted him, put a knife to the to my daughter, threatened to kill her, that wasn't enough for her to be like, maybe I should reevaluate this relationship. I don't know if I want this kid around my kid. No, you know what you're saying. When that happens and you still talk to the kid or keep the kid around because you want to date his dad, 
I'm willing to I'm willing to risk my kid's life for this guy that I kind of know. We've been on a few dates. He's cool. It might be going somewhere. You know, and if I got to sacrifice my kid for this, then I'm going to do it. And you cannot tell me that's not what that means. What what else would that mean? How can you even think about that in any kind of capacity? Like, hmm. Well, this kid did threaten to kill my kid if she told. And she did tell. I don't know if he's going to keep his promise and kill her. Yeah, he did put a knife to her throat, too. And he did sexually harass my oldest daughter. But her dad is kind of cute. Like, what? That like what kind of logical thinking would make you think all those things in your head and then say, oh, but it's still worth it for me to date this guy. I don't know. And maybe there's some people out there like I, I haven't met any. Honestly, I most people I talk to, I tell them that story. They're upset. Like, I don't know someone who can hear about their daughter having a knife to their throat and threaten to kill at seven. Like, you know, that's something, I'm a grown man that's never happened to me before. Like, I, I would not want my daughter to have to go through that. So, and, and most people I tell, they're upset from the jump. Like, they're ready to go to jail over this. But she wasn't even upset about it. She was like, oh, well, that's not fair to me because then I won't get what I want. Who says that? Like, how do you hear your those words come out your mouth and you don't feel like instantly, yeah, there it is, I, yeah. I might not care as much as I should. But that's just what it is right now. That's what I've been dealing with for five years now. And even when you get past that and you're like, okay, whatever. We're, you know, the judges didn't care, apparently. They're like, oh, she's a bomb. She'll, she'll be all right. You know, call me back when, when he actually stabs him. Okay. But how then after that, like you can understand. So I'll say this. If I'm thinking about all the stuff that I've done, all the stuff, all the, the stuff she's done. Okay, so I think I've been summoned to court maybe like four times. None of which for any real reason. Like the first time I was summoned to court is because I about what about someone threatening to kill my daughter and they got mad so they're like okay we're gonna take you to court every chance we get for anything i think one was like oh yeah like the phone he blocks our number so they can't call i'm like no no i didn't but another is like oh we called him and we couldn't reach him like oh um the kids watched a scary movie and had nightmares at our piles like a bunch of dumb things that happen over and over again I had 25 calls to CPS. Like, the lady tells me, hey, you know, you have 25 calls in here. I'm like, I haven't seen you guys 25 times. And she says, yeah, we don't come for all of them. Like, if we came for all of them, we'd be here every day. That's crazy to me. So I'm di- so all these things. Now, me, now, you feel free. Email me, message me on Facebook or Instagram or anything. And tell me, am I wrong here? The only time. The literal, oh, and I, I should have gone, like, I'm probably wrong for not going as much as I should. The only time I went to court is when my daughter told me 
that she was put in bed with some kid and he was asking to have sex with her over and over and over again, telling her she's hot and she's sexy and she's eight years old. Also in the same day and night, he put a knife to her younger sister's throat. Who isn't going to court for that? Who isn't upset by that? Who isn't going to prison for that? Bro, that's crazy. That is the only time I went to court. Like, okay, well, no, I need to get my kids out of this situation. And it wasn't even a tell because I thought we were both about to be mad. I was like, yo, let's go bang on these kids and this dude. The heck? And she was like, no, that wouldn't be fair to me, though. Like, because I like him. What? Okay. I got to go to court because you are obviously blinded by whatever. So that's my one time. Never again. No messages to her. No weird phone calls to her. No, I've never, ever popped up at her house. Never. Never. Not one time. No phone calls, pop-ups. Messages, court dates, talking about her to my kids, nothing, never. Now, her, on the other hand, popped up at my house at 7 o'clock in the morning. Everyone's still asleep. My dogs are going crazy, barking, waking everybody up. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, what? Who's? I have no idea. And it's just her at my door. Why? Why are you here? And that, that, that's just something to annoy me. Another time, 8.30 at night, we're, we're just finishing dinner, watching a family movie. She's at my door. Nobody's expecting anything. Dogs are barking like, hey, somebody's at the door. I'm like, what? It's her at my door again. And she was mad because we styled my daughter's hair for family pictures. And she said, you're disrespecting me by touching my daughter's hair. I'm like, they're, they're my daughters too. <laughs> you do know that, right? Like, we're, we're taking family pictures. They're not going to come over here and be a mess every time. So, with me saying, no, I'm not going to listen to you, which I did. No, I'm not going to listen to you. They're my kids too. Just like, I can't tell you what to do when they're with you. And I never do. Whatever you do is what you do. You cannot tell me what to do when they're with me. As long as they're safe, provided for, you should have no complaints whatsoever. Now, since she couldn't stop me, she just said, okay, well, I'm going to threaten the kid. And she told him, you're going to get a whooping when you get back. Or you're in trouble. One of the two. You're in trouble when you get back. And the kid, my kid starts crying. She's like, why? And she's like, because you didn't tell him to stop. So now you're automatically pitting her against me, saying, well, you didn't tell him to stop. You should have told him he can't say this or do that. You should stick up for me, whatever. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you putting that much pressure on an eight-year-old kid anyway? I have no idea. But she did. That's what she does. And if you do that enough, it makes my job harder because things I just normally do I can't do anymore because I care about my kids and I don't want them getting hit or crying or scared that something's going to happen when they get back over there 
if they do anything here, things that we normally do. Like, oh, oh, we watched too much TV today. We 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 can't watch. I'm like, what? We'll, we'll get in trouble. Uh, no. Oh, well, you can't touch my hair. If you touch it, I'm gonna get in trouble. We're going somewhere. You're getting your hair done. I'm sorry. And these are things that I have to deal with all the time. So there's that, and there's that, and then taking me to court to take my car, and then taking me to court another time because she said, okay, so she blocked, she, I bought the, she, the kids have phones, and they would come over here, and it would touch her, and then when they would be over there, they would text me all the time and call me, and it was just great. I'm like, oh, man, this is cool. But since it was going so well, she didn't like that. It was too much access to me. So she just took their phones and she turned them off. Like they don't, they don't have phones anymore. If you want to talk to them, you call my phone. And you can only talk to them for 15 minutes a day at six o'clock. Her rule. So I just say, well, you know, well, why? Let's, I, if, if you don't want to pay for it or whatever, this is when I thought she just didn't want to pay for it. I'm like, well, if you don't want to pay for it, it's fine. I'll get them phones because one, they go to school and if they need to call to be picked up, so they just keep their phone and their backpack turned off until they get out of school. And then they, they can like call to say where they are or if anything happens, they get kidnapped. I don't know. I'm paranoid like that. So I'm like, I'll just get them phones. Like I got them phones and I'm thinking no big deal. Well, now they have phones and that way, you know, they can call you when they're here and you can message them. And then I can message them when they're over there and call them when they're over there. And that way they always have access and we don't have to bother each other. Nope. She gets mad after the first week. And she just takes and she just says, no, those phones aren't allowed in my house. I'm like, why? What? What happened? I guess like they're away from you for weeks. They were from me. Oh, well, if you need to talk to them, you call on my phone. They're not allowed to have these phones in my house. Oh, um, okay. Whatever. But she's still messaging them and calling them here all the time. Like to the point where I'm like, hey, it's 10 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock. Why are you messaging them? Hey, stop, pest, stop. You have to calm down. Like we're eating, like just way overboard with weird prayers and like brainwashing tactics and stuff like that. Like just a bunch of weird stuff that she would do. So I'm like, hey, can you, can you calm down with all the messaging? Like, okay, you're taking it overboard. It's 11 o'clock at night. She should be asleep. They're not allowed to message without letting me know. And you're making them break the rules. And she wouldn't stop. So I just say, okay, well, we'll have it the same way. Since they can't take their phones over there and I cannot talk to them at all. I cannot message them. I can't do anything. I'm paying for a phone that they literally have half the time. Half the other time is just sitting there. So it's pretty much a waste of a phone. But I still need them to have their phones for when school starts back and all that stuff. So then when if they if I can't message them there, then they won't be able to message at all. They cannot message. If you want to talk to them, just call my phone out. I'll give them the phone. The same way you do it there, just to make it uniform. Just so everything's pretty much even. Now, again, dumb idea to me. I don't think we should do that. Complete waste of time. I, I, honestly, I don't care. If, if they want to call for five hours a day, if they want to. No, if you really got five hours to talk to them, talk to them. Knock yourself out. I don't. I'm pretty busy. I, uh, work full time, podcast, a bunch of other stuff going on, dinner. I don't have time to be on the phone for five hours, but if you want to do that, do that. So we end up with that simply because of her. Like, she's like, nope, that's what we're doing. And then even though it's her idea and we're doing what she asked me to do. So I'm like, okay, so 
all I do is just block everything on the phone. Like, okay, hey, if you want to text somebody because I don't want them on sites they're not supposed to be on, I don't want them texting people I don't know. Sometimes they get spam. I'm like, dang, they already hitting up the little kids with spam too? I'm like, okay, block everything. You only, only the numbers that I know, like their cousins, their little cousins, stuff like that, is in their phone. So it's, it's, and again, it's because that's what she wants to do. So we do that. And guess what happens? I get summoned to court for her saying she cannot reach the kids through the phone because every time she calls, it's blocked. Even though she knows because I sent her a message telling her, hey, all the numbers are blocked here because you said that we can only talk from six to whenever these days on our personal phones. You told me that. Now you're like, oh, our numbers are blocked. She didn't you know. It's the wording. She didn't say, oh, I can't reach them because she knows she can. She just said, my number's blocked. And I've tried to call them a hundred times. Yes, you tried to call them a hundred times knowing that it was blocked and that it would always say blocked. So just to build up a block list, that's what she did. That's crazy. So here we are, like, okay, more problems again, more court dates, more of this, just all this fighting, popping up at my house, all this random stuff. Now, she did cut back on a popping up in my house and all that stuff because she started getting to my kids. And my kids started acting differently and being different and being more like disrespectful now, I guess. Because honestly, I think my daughter found a way to connect with her mom. Because she, that's all she ever really wanted to do. My daughter would cry when she left here and, and like feel bad. And, and honestly, this is the conversation we would have every week she left. Okay, dad. I'm going to try really hard not to get in trouble this week. I'm going to try really hard to spend time with uh, my mom and not have to stay in my room all day. I'm going to try really hard. And then the next week she'd come back and tell me she was in trouble all the whole time and crying and sad and all this stuff. And then she would do that all the time. But the way that she's in, the way that she feels like, okay, now I have the relationship I want with my mom, now the one I always wanted, is because... She's saying and doing things that she likes now. She's like, oh, we have a common enemy. I'm mad at that too. Because I asked her, I'm like, hey, honey, what's like, are you okay? You have any issues? Like, yeah, I just don't like, I don't like the, I don't like the way you treat mommy. And I say, well, how have you seen me treat mommy? Well, I haven't seen you do anything. Okay, well, have you heard me? No. So right there, you know, being adult, I already know. Well, if you've never seen me, and I know she's never seen me because I never talked to her. I never, I, I never talked to her mom. I go there, we exchange the kids, never say a single word. When dropped off, the, when she picks up the kids, never come outside. Never say a single word. Don't call her. Don't message her. Don't do anything. Haven't for years now. So I know, I'm like, hey, you've never seen me or heard me say anything. But then when she starts telling me stuff about my past, like, oh, you cheated. Like, oh yeah, well. Before, I'm like, before? Well, who told you about before? Like, I already know, but I still, you know, I, I want to hear it from my kids. And she's like, oh, oh, never mind, nothing. I'm like, honey, you got to stay out of that. I know you're going to hear a lot of bad stuff about me. And I, it, it, it's just going to come with the territory, and it sucks. It's not fair for you to have to go somewhere where everyone is going to be talking about your dad. Like, the, the, the guy you just spent the whole week with. And that sucks. 
but you're going to have to be, you know, stronger than most kids because most kids don't have to go through that, but you do. And that sucks. And I don't do that here. And I think that's like, kind of like hurting me a little bit because I don't, I never, I try not to ever say anything bad about her at all. I just, I try to like reiterate who I am and what I do and hope that they just see that. And I know while they're young, they won't, but hopefully when they're older, then they'll be like, yo, most of the things, you know, my mom said about my dad isn't true. Most of the things that my mom told me my dad did, he didn't. And hopefully that happens. That's all, that's all I can hope happens. And then, you know, there'll be nothing but proof there of the fighting and the hard work and the pain and suffering I went through just to be in their life, just to see them. Like, and that's, that's the best I can hope for at this point. Like, okay, I'm not going to stoop to her level. I'm not going to do the awful things she did. I'm not going to drag you into, like he said, she said, oh, let me tell you all the bad things she did. Because I could. But I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. If that's what she wants to do, if that's who she's going to be, then she's going to be that person. But that's it. And now, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, situations with my kid that I, that I think, well, one of my kids anyway, that I think is completely caused by this person. It just is. The bitterness and the anger is kind of like rubbing off on my kid, telling them that, you know, their stepmom is the devil and she's white, so she can't love them and white people are racist and all this stuff. Like, all of a sudden, because I lived with this person for a long time, never heard her say a single thing about white people, race, anything like that ever. Not her thing at all. Never been her thing. More my thing than hers. Never heard her say a single thing about it. Even when we first, you know, when I first introduced Julia and the kids and all that stuff and the idea of Julia, never heard her say a single thing about it. But when the kids started liking her and things started getting good and things were going swell and there was no, oh, wait, he's not leaving? Then it was like, oh, like this is what I say about manipulation. The devil doesn't come out and tell you his intentions. He doesn't come to you and say, hey, I'm the devil. I'm trying to kill you ultimately. No, he leads you astray by telling you certain things. So instead of saying, like, don't like Julia, because then you kind of just look like a hater. Then she starts showing him stuff like, oh, look at these police. I'm like, why are you guys watching CNN? Why are you guys hating, you know, Fox News and all this stuff? Like, why do you even know what that is? And I'm not saying you should like Fox News. I don't. But I'm saying, do you even know what that is? Like, then it's just like, oh, yeah, white people, they're racist. Then all of a sudden, they're slaves. Yeah, slaves. This is the worst. They do all kind of things. Like, you can't trust them. White people don't never like you. All this stuff. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Racism, racism. I'm like, they are six and seven years old. Why are you even talking about that? And all that stuff, like, it's not hate Julia. You just start saying, hate everything that she is. Like, yeah, she'll never, she'll never like you. Oh, she's probably up to something. Like, yeah, she's white. White people don't like black people. They don't. All of this stuff. And I'm like, hmm. And then so you ask your kid, you're like, well, is she saying bad stuff about Julia? No, she's not. She's never said anything bad about her. My whole perception and persona and everything I thought about her has changed in the last conversation with my mom. But, but she didn't say her name. And I'm like, 
I know, I know she's not saying her name specifically, but, and she does that with so many things. Anything that she finds out that we do here, because all she does is talk about what we do here, then she has to hate it. We do pretty well financially, so she just, you know, tells the, the kids for some reason, oh, rich people can't go to heaven. They don't. Having too much stuff is bad. Yeah, it makes you spoiled. And, and then my kids come over here misinterpreting all that stuff, telling me, hey, we have too much. I don't, I don't want to go to the devil. Hey, this stuff is going to make me spoiled. I don't want to be spoiled. You got to take some stuff away. Like, what? You're not spoiled. There's nothing wrong with you. You're a perfectly good kid. And you do not have too much. Like, we're not rich. What the, we're just regular. I mean, we're like middle class. But, see, those are the things, like anything. For example, like we, like, like, we have a pretty decent shoe collection, my wife and I. Just one of our hobbies. We will go somewhere. Uh, we'll find a shoe store and we'll, we'll grab a couple pairs of sneakers. We, we have a, a pretty decent size. And I'm the kind of parent that if I buy myself something, I buy my kids something. Just the way I am. I can't, I, I, I can't stand when I see parents, their kids dress all bummy, raggedy, and they look nice and fresh and all that stuff. I, I can't do that. Never be who I am. So if I buy my kids, if I buy myself something, I'll buy my kids something. Just the way it is. And I, I'm like this even with my wife, and my wife kind of hates it, but she's getting on board. Not, she doesn't really hate it, but I just like it. She doesn't like it as much as I want her to. Like, I like us to match, kind of. So almost every shoe that I have, she has the same shoe. Or a variation of that shoe, like different color pattern or something like that. But she has a pair of shoes to match every shoe that I have. And, you know, they're sneakers, mostly. But even when we're wearing, like, you know, fancy shoes or whatever like that, I, I'll, I'll typically put a color to match whatever shoe she's wearing or something like that. Just my thing. That's on my own personal thing. If it was up to me, we'd match every day, everywhere, forever. But, you know, she's not about that life as hard as I am. And with my kids, I'm the same way. Like, we, all four of us will be in unison of something close to what we wear, you know, but, and they're not even like that. But I say that to say, now, with that example of knowing who I am, and I do that, so I did that with my kids. And they kind of build up a little bit of a collection. So they would have, you know, maybe four or five pair of shoes. And, you know, we would rotate. Like we wear these shoes sometimes, these shoes sometimes, because everybody wants their kids to be kind of into what they're into. Like I'm into sports. I want my kids to be into sports. I'm into basketball. I want my kids to be into basketball. Stuff like that. So, you know, you don't say, don't you ever wear those shoes? No, you just tell them that, hey, you're spoiled. And rich people can't go to heaven, and you should not be having that much stuff. You know, people people who who buy Jordans they just waste their time. People who buy sneakers are just, you know, this and that and all these things. Even though most people have a hobby, you have a hobby, something you spend money on that you don't have to. So for some people it's video games or shoes or cars or whatever. Whatever your hobby is, you have one, and you probably spend a little bit of money on it. Starbucks, I don't know, something. That just happened to be, well, it happened to be mine. So, you know, telling the kids this, and then I, I started noticing over time, like, hey, you guys are wearing the same raggedy shoes every day. Like, why? And then they're just so confused. They're all lost. And, well, you know, we 
people who who wear this these fancy stuff they they go to the devil or you know they're not they're not you know they're spoiled they're not grateful you know i don't want to be ungrateful like what who's telling you this stuff of course i know who's telling them this stuff but you know stuff like that like just subtle things like that forever and being a kid and have to deal with that every single week every single day of your life is just your parent no longer sees you as a person you are just a means to hurt another person. That's all you are forever. Like, like, don't you want to have fun with them? You want to talk to them about anything other than me? Like, when I talk to my kids when they're over there, I'm like, hey, what are you doing? What were you doing? Look what I got. I got a surprise for you. This is what I did today. I'm always so happy to talk to them. She never even occur- occurs to me, like, to come up. So then it just has me wondering, like, why do you talk to them so much about me? Like, they're, you use them as just a means to hurt someone else. And if you're one of those parents, man, I feel sorry for you, dude. Like, because you're missing the best part of your kid's life. Like, especially from, I say, like, 6 to 12. This is a time where they're, they're still young enough to where they're going to learn and see so many things for the first time, which is my favorite thing. Taking them places they've never been before and, like, kind of, like, seeing their reaction and remembering how I felt when I first saw it and... Those those times I live for, like live for, love them. And they're they're young enough to where it's a bunch of new things, but they're old enough to where they can actually do it. Because you know when they're like four, they can't get on a roller coaster, they can't do anything half the time. They're, oh, they're too little. But when they get to that six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, those ages, right before they turn to the horrible teenage years, where they're unsure and uncertain about everything and weird, they're just great, and you're just missing it to sit here talking about me and trying to figure out ways to damage them like so that you hurt me. I don't know. And the only thing I would say to that is you're not hurting me like in the first degree. Like there's a degree of separation which happens to be the kid. And even if you don't feel like you are, like, oh, they're fine. Like, they're happy when they're over here. They're great. Blah, 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 blah. You are hurting your kids. Trust me. There are a lot of people out there with daddy issues. And I don't want my kids to join that club. But, you know, another day, another struggle. (laughs) The struggle is real, as y'all know. With that, I would like to thank you guys for checking this out. Thank you guys for staying with me this long. And, you know, thanks for the feedback and letting me know what's going on, man. Like, I like I like the feedback because I like to know, you know, other people's opinions and other people's thoughts on what's going on, which is why I always have somebody on. I'll, I'll get somebody on next week, too. And I've done a couple shows myself and had a couple people ask me. I, I like the, to get on the Facebook and, and see and hear other people tell me, you know, things that they went through and things that they have overcome because it gives me hope, one. And then, two, it lets me know I'm not alone. Like, there's other people struggling and other people going through a lot of the same stuff I'm going through. Uh, a lot of people don't have podcasts or platforms and stuff like that to really talk on it. So, you know, don't just think like, oh, this is an exclusive thing that happens to only him. No, it happens to a lot of men and even some women. But, man, just to all the dudes out there going through it, I know. Trust me. Don't do anything you regret. You know, don't don't let the stress and uh, depression get to you. Just keep fighting. Keep pushing. I know it's hard. But it's the progress that feels the best. 
And on that note, thanks for checking me out. This has been The Struggle is Real with Bakari. Peace.